right indeed this evening. I thank you for this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We give you praise this evening, O oh God, as we surrender to you. We pray that you will speak a word to your people this evening, O oh God. Something that's going to, O oh God, strengthen their heart and encourage them. We pray, O oh God, that every word that they hear, that they will apply to their lives. Father, as I decrease this evening, I ask that you would increase in me because I can't do this without you. You're the only one that can make preaching easy. And so today, I surrender completely to you, God. Anoint me afresh this evening to do what you've called me to do, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, open the hearts, O oh God, and open the ears and the hearts of your people so that they can hear, understand, receive, retain, and apply what they hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, I give you praise. And if you're ready, for the word, would you give God some praise? Amen. So, this evening, I'm going to preach and teach a little bit. The, the name of my message is called How to Get My Breakthrough. We're going to go from James chapter 5, 13 through 16. Okay, and the thing that we got to understand is this. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, he said, God does nothing until he shows it to his servants and his prophets. So guess what? If you're not hearing from God, maybe you're not serving him. If you're not hearing from God, maybe you don't belong to him. Amen. Because he's speaking to all of us every day. Every day. So we know that God gives his servant distinct levels of, of revelation. Here the Holy Spirit gave James the revelation of our instruction. And, and if we believe the word, we will begin to put it into practice. One of the best compliments that someone ever gave to me, they told me, they said, I've been saved for almost 15 years and I've never met anybody that applies the word of God to their lives like you. And I said, well, look. When I was in the world, the world would dictate me how to live. So now I'm in this word. I'm supposed to allow this word to dictate to me how to live. Amen. Amen. And I have a better chance of doing it right because this is God's word. So today, I want us to remember tradition has ascribed James as the Lord's brother. The reason I make such an emphasis on these group of scripture in James chapter 5 and verse 13 to 18 is because I remember the time when Jesus own brother did not believe in him. You know that, according to the scripture. However, I believe that James, after he recognized who his brother was and is, he, he was, he began to remember many things that Jesus said, and he's, he opened his spirit to receive. If we do not open our spirit, we will not receive. I remember I used to pray I used to talk to this woman on the phone all the time. I don't know if this ever happened to any of you, but I could feel the resistance on the phone. She was resisting what I was saying. I was bringing the word, and I just stopped talking to her. You could feel the resistance. You know, people don't want to hear about God. They only want to hear about God when they need Him. They don't want to hear about God. And so, I just stopped talking to this person because I felt this resistance. I felt it through the phone. She would resist me every time. She wanted to talk about stuff, and I wanted to talk about Jesus. And so I felt that, so I just left her alone. But we, we, we've got to open up our spirit. We must learn the word and hide it in our 
that we may not sin against God. Let's read what James chapter 5, 30 through 16 says. I'm reading today from the New King James Version. Amen. And it says, James uh, verse 13 says, If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is any cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord, not you, the Lord will heal him. The Lord will raise him from raise him up, and if he committed sin, he will be forgiven. Then it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then verse 17 says, it says, Elijah, Elijah was a man with nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Verse 18 and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain for and the earth to produce fruit. So what am I saying all of this? This bunch of scripture, this, this group of scripture here gives us some very important aspect on how we should get our prayer through. Some people are praying and praying and praying and nothing is happening. Someone asked me, they said, how long have you guys been praying about getting to, on the radio? And I said, well, I maybe three months, six months, I don't know. Were you sure it did that fast? I said, I didn't do nothing. It was God. It was all God. But the Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. You can't be praying one way and living slew-footed and think God's going to respond. He's not going to respond. We have to make sure that when we pray, we begin to live a holy, we're supposed to be living a holy lifestyle regardless whether you're praying for something or not. So, the, when I look at this, it says, what's the definition of an effectual prayer? It's an energetic prayer. It's, 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 it means to pray with power. The reason why we pray the way we do is because we are not playing. I remember this. I remember this so clearly. Sister Downey, remember? I had just had surgery in my eyes. And I didn't think much of it because the surgery took like maybe 15 minutes or less. And I want you to know because I didn't really understand what was really going on. We were having service at my house at the time. I prayed, and I prayed for like 10 minutes, but because of the energy and the amount of what I put into the prayer, every fiber in my being is moving, and do you know when I prayed for like 10 minutes, and let me tell you something, when I got through praying, every organ, every fiber in my being was in because every, when we are praying, we are praying with energy. We're praying with power. We're praying and ex with expectation. So, like I said, I, 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 I hurt myself. It took longer for my eyes to get well. I couldn't blame the doctors. It was my fault. But I'm just saying that when you pray, it says pray with effectual prayer. you got to pray with some serious energy. In other words, you can't just be saying this, this, no. you got to be 
you know, shed some light on some things. So James calls the effectual prayer of a righteous man. This refers to us, he calls, he calls it as effectual prayers of a righteous man. Well, we understand that we are righteous. Everybody knows this. They are righteous because God made you righteous. But now that you're a righteous person, you got to pray with some power. You got to pray with consistency. You gotta pray with energy. You got you can't be look the little mommy pound prayers. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I was sharing with somebody this week that I'm working for in in in, in high, trying to help them to be delivered from demonic attack. And the woman said to me, she said, I've been saved for 45 years and I didn't know nothing about warfare. Stuff is just Devil is beating her right and left. Oh yeah. I had to go over to her house and lay hands on the wall and cast out demons. You got to understand. This is not a joke. But you got to pray. And so I've been working with her and I, of course, I told her this. I said, look, I can pray from now until Jesus comes. I can pour all the gallon of oil on you until you get into this word. Get this word. Let it, because what happens is the Holy Spirit is dormant in you. If you don't feed him, he cannot fight for you. As powerful as the Spirit of God is, if you do not feed him, he cannot fight for you. The Bible says the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And if you don't use this, feed him. And that's why so many of God's people are suffering right now. I said, look, we got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Look what it says here in Jude. Jude is the last book before Revelation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was not in my thing, but God just dropped that in my spirit. Look what it says. Verse 20. Jude only have one chapter. It says, but you, beloved, Building up yourselves up in your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost. We got to do it consistently. We got to do it every so often. And when I say that, look, sometimes when I'm praying in the morning, I get so caught up in the praying in the Holy Ghost, I, 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 I have to catch myself because I, I know that I have to stop and, and continue to bombard heaven for certain people and certain things. But what am I saying? We got to learn how to pray effectively. We got to pray with power. But if you don't have the power, you can't pray with power. Is God still going to answer your prayer? Sure. But when you pray with some energy, when you pray effectively, God will answer you quicker. Especially if it is his will. And I know somebody might say, well, God will only answer if it's his will. Well, sometimes, I know the scripture does not contradict itself, but it takes me to the woman. It takes me to the woman. There's two people, I don't remember which book it's in, but you guys will know this. The woman that the judge said, oh, I, I got to deal with this woman because she's going to weary me. I'm not afraid of God and I'm not afraid of man, but this woman weared me, so I better deal with her. And then the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, Jesus, she came and asked Jesus to help her because her daughter had a demon. And Jesus told her it's not good to give the 
the bread to the dogs. Now it wasn't time for them to get nothing. Jesus came to come to the lost sheep of Israel. So what am I saying to you? She said, Lord, even the dog eat the crumbs from off the table. So let me tell you something. If you come to God in the right motive, and it's, you're not asking for somebody's husband, you're not asking for stuff that you know you can't handle, it, God won't give it to you if he knows, like it's like a child. But what I'm saying is, even if it's not your time, if you come to God in the right mentality, the right heart, he will respond to you. Jesus said to the woman, go that way. Your fate. So what I'm saying is this, because some people will argue with you, well, you know, no, it ain't gonna happen. No. You come to God with some energetic prayer, with some power in your prayer, without motives. Without motives. Because you, sometimes we forget that we are transparent before God. Sometimes we forget that he can see everything inside of you. If we are determined to be effective in prayer, then we must get our lives in line with God and his will for our lives. I want you to look with me at some, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 28 through 30. Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 28 through 30. Look what the Bible says here. This is very powerful scripture. Very, very powerful. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 28 through 30. It says, They will call me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. So what God is saying is this. If you don't respond to his word, if you don't walk in obedience to his word, if you don't keep his word in your heart that you will not sin against him, when you call him, he will not answer. He will not answer you. And that's why we got to make sure that we learn the word, live the word, and do the word. First John 1 and 1, 3 and 22 says, First John uh, chapter, First John 3 and 22. Look what the Bible says. It says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because, 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 if you have your Bible and you want to, you, you want to underline that, say because, because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. That's why he responds to you. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And then John chapter 15 and verse 7 says, I can read that for you, but I choose to go and read it from the word of God. John chapter 15, and that's one of my favorite scriptures. John chapter 15 and verse 7, it says, If you abide in me, and I abide in you, 
you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you dwell in me and I dwell in you, if you decide to make me the center of your life, if you obey my commandment, if, if, another word for that is since, if we do the things that God has called us to do and obey him, he said, I will put none of these diseases on you. People can be dying right around you and it's not going to touch you. But we cannot walk in fear. We cannot walk in fear. We know what the enemy came to do. He came to bring fear on the children of God. But you don't have to accept it. You don't. So, Bible says in verse 13, it says, if anyone among you is afflicted, if you're ill, suffering, evil, he should pray. If anyone is glad, he should sing songs. I don't know about you, but I wake up with a song in my heart. I wake up with a song in my heart. I, I, I dream that I'm singing to God. And I just want everybody to get to that place. Somebody asked me the other day, how come, how did you get to this place? I said, because <laughs> God waited until a long time before he saved me, so I was so glad to be saved. <laughs> I ran with it. I was so grateful to be saved, you hear me? Because I was hell bound. I was hell bound. And I'm not ashamed of it because it's all in the blood. But, he intercept and he opened my ear, my heart to understand and to let me know that you're not going to make it if you keep up with this. And so, and because, because I was so grateful to be saved, I used to have to tell Sister Alan, I used to have to tell people, I can't talk to you right now, I'm trying to read my Bible. I can't talk to you right now. So what I start doing is I just turn the phone off. This way I don't have to worry about you calling me. And you know what's so funny? I spoke to a woman one time. She was a, um, she was a Jehovah Witness. And her husband was a Christian or vice versa. And she said to me, she said, you know when my husband is reading the Bible, he's a Jehovah Witness. He turned off the phone. Even they have more sense than some of us. We do not understand that when we're talking to the king of the universe, when you're talking to the person that spoke the world into existence, I remember one day this woman was doing my hair and somebody called her and asked her to pray and she was working on my head and praying. I said, stop, stop. I said, do you realize who you gave her to talk to? Do you realize this is God? You have no reverence for God. You just gonna keep on working on me and you're not gonna stop. I said, I would never ask you to pray for me because your prayer may not even reach heaven. Because we need to begin to reverence God. And when we pray, we gotta pray with passion. We gotta pray with energy. We gotta pray like we are serious, like we intend to slay some giant. Bible said, confess your faults one to another. Well, I know that's what the Bible said, but I can't tell everybody everything. 
He can't tell everybody everything. You can't tell everybody everything. You can't, you got to pick your people that you're going to talk to. Amen? I'm sure everybody have a little circle that they talk to. But you can't tell every, so, so don't misunderstand what he's saying. He said confess your faults one to another, but he's not telling you to go out there and speak through your business to everybody. Because everybody do not have the understanding that they should. And then he said, he said, he said because... If you confess your fault one to another, that you may be healed and be restored. Amen. So we, we understand that, but we still have to make sure that we know who we're talking to. So this passage of scripture, it gives such great revelation and exercising of faith. If you pray and you don't believe, nothing will happen. If you pray with doubt, nothing will happen. We must believe the word of God and all of it. All of it. We've got to. If we intend for it to benefit us, we need to begin to do what he says to do. Amen. And believe. Believe. The woman, the Syrophoenician woman, she had heard about Jesus. Now she didn't know that it wasn't time for her to get blessed. She just knew that Jesus could cast out devils. So she went, but she went with expectation. That's right. She went with expectation. She did not go, she just knew that Jesus would do this. And so when, when I was, I remember years ago, I was talking to this guy that was putting in an alarm system for me, and we were talking about this. And so you, she said, you mean to tell her that, tell me that Jesus called her a dog? I said, she didn't care about that. He didn't call her a dog. That's what they call the Serphonesian people. But she went with expectation. And so we, when we pray, we have to pray with expectation. I'm going to give you an example. There's a man in England. His name was George Muller. He operated an orphanage for 2,000 children. One evening he became aware that there would be, would be no breakfast for them the next morning. So Mull called his workers together and he explained the situation. Listen to this. Two or three of them prayed. Two or three. What did Jesus say? Two or three. He said, the next morning they could not push the front door open. So they went out back and went out around and they found stacks and stacks of food at the front door. One of the guys said, we know who sent the basket, we just don't know who brought it. So what I'm saying here is this, if you pray without expectation, you're wasting your time. We must pray with expectation in order, because God is looking at your heart. So why is this person praying to me, but they don't expect me to give them nothing? Why is this person asking me to do this, but they are work coming with doubt in their heart? Bible says that there is, if you have doubt in your heart, you're like a double-minded man. James is the one that said that you're unstable in all your ways. So we got to make sure that when we pray, we must pray with expectation. The word of God is so powerful and we need to learn how to mix the word of God in our prayer. So, I'm going to leave you with this. When you decide that you're going to sit down to pray, remember that God hears you. 
He has a, he said, call upon me in Jeremiah 33. He said, call upon me now, that's and tree, great and mighty things. God's performance is prayer is not what we expect, but God will go beyond the call of duty if you are a diligent servant. Ask Hezekiah. He will tell you about this God that will go beyond the call of duty. And so, as I close, I really want everybody to know, I have one more, I have one more example. This woman prayed for several years for her husband and uh, to get saved, and he died. And she, because he wasn't saved to her knowledge, she stopped praising God and stopped serving God. And five years after this, listen, she met a man. She met a man, and the man said, uh, oh, uh, I met a man named so-and-so. Her name was Mrs. Johnson. His name was Mr. Johnson. I met a man, and I picked him up. He was trying to get a ride. And he said, you know, I was talking to him about Jesus. And, and um, he was so convicted, he broke down in tears and he accepted Jesus Christ. And she was so happy to know that her husband got saved. So we do not know. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. He will answer your prayers if you pray with expectation. And just because you don't know the answer right now, don't give up on God. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God watch over you. I thank you for listening. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise for receiving from tonight.